Hi, this is the Cancer Liberation Project podcast. If you've been touched by cancer and have some fear around remaining healthy, you are in the right place. As a 20-year-plus cancer survivor, Haley knows how unsettling it can be to not only hear the words, you have cancer, but also the uncertainty and fear that comes when you have been declared cancer-free. The Cancer Liberation Project was born out of Haley's desire to make cancer less scary for people, to give people hope that they can not only heal from cancer, but live their best, most vibrant life after cancer. Get ready to be inspired with your host, Haley Dubin. Hi, and welcome to the Cancer Liberation Project. Today, I sit down with Nella Anderson. You are just going to love to hear her speak so passionately about her health journey. Nella was diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer six years ago at the age of 56. During treatment, she was chosen to participate in a clinical trial on how to adopt a healthy lifestyle to fight cancer recurrence. She has continued to thrive ever since. She is a retired university professor that now takes her love of learning and questioning to continue and expand on the initial knowledge that she gained through that clinical trial. She also volunteers at the Plant-Based Life Foundation to help mentor others to do the same. She has three children and seven grandchildren. She enjoys spending time exploring in their new RV with her husband and their two dogs, Penelope and Petunia. I look forward to sharing my conversation with Nella, but before I do, just a couple things to mention. First, a reminder to head over to my website at revivewellness.com to get your free seven top tips to keep cancer away and feel confident in your body again. That's R-E-V-I-V-E wellness.com. And second, I want to take a moment to thank the Carl Felt Center, who makes this show possible. Hi, Nella. Welcome to the Cancer Liberation Project. I am so looking forward to talking to you today. I'm excited to be here. And first, I would just really love to hear your story and how you discovered your cancer and then what you did next. Okay. I had my first lump in my breast in my 20s and then probably again in my 30s. And so I felt both of them and uh, they were just they they did surgery and they were just fatty tissue, I guess. But since my 20s, I've had a mammogram every year because of that. So I'm 56. I'm getting ready. I'm in the shower. I have a job interview that I'm getting ready to do. And I was just washing my underarm and I felt a a lump in my armpit. And so I did the interview, called the doctor, went in and she's like, you know, you, you do have a cold. I bet it's just from your cold. You just, it's just swollen. So I'm going to give you antibiotics for two weeks and let's see. So then when it didn't go away, she said, okay, I want to send you to get an ultrasound and a mammogram. And after that ultrasound, the radiologist came in and a social worker with a cancer card. And they said, we need to do a biopsy. And so I, I left and I'm like, what, what? I don't have cancer. There's no way. I know no one with cancer. Breast cancer doesn't run in my family. I mean, I went home and told my husband, I go, this is like really weird. Are they just trying to scare me or what? It's crazy. 
So I went in for the biopsy and I told my doctor, I said, we have a trip to North Dakota and I live in Texas. And she's like, oh, absolutely not. No, you're not going. If you want to, you can go closer. So we went to Corpus Christi, which is about three hours away. So sure enough, she called me with the biopsy results and she said, you do, you do, you have breast cancer. And I was like, I mean, just floored. What? There is like no way. And she's like, uh, I want you to see the local surgeon. And I live in a small town in South Texas. And I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> I think I'm going to go to MD Anderson Cancer Center one of the world renowned in Houston. I have relatives that live there. Our kids live there. And she told me, I don't think you'd be able to get in fast, but I actually got in quicker to them than I did my local surgeon. So I got my treatments in Houston and they did, uh, I have a weird form of breast cancer. It is hormone receptor positive, but it's not in my breast. So it's only in my lymph nodes. So they said what happened is it either went out a breast duct or it is microscopic in there. And that's why they'll do radiation. So. Oh, mastectomy. Yes. I didn't have to have a mastectomy. I had to have a full auxiliary dissection of my underarm. So they took out 24 lymph nodes. So everything from here up, because the cancer was in my underneath my collarbone, not above, but it was in 24 lymph nodes. So I found out recently, which I didn't know, they do chemo first to see if the chemo is killing the cancer. They say sometimes if you do surgery first, you can't tell if the chemo's working so you know whether to change the dose or the chemicals or whatever. So I did the chemo first, uh, six months, I think, then the complete dissection, and then uh, radiation for 35 times, I think. So when I was at, at MD Anderson, because it's a big research hospital, when I was getting ready to start radiation, I got chosen to be in a clinical trial for lifestyle. And it was just by accident. And I am so, so, so grateful because a girl called me and she said, I have a yoga study I want you to be in. And at the time, I had no clue how important yoga mindset clearing your mind was, I had zero. So I kind of laughed at her and I was like, I'm like type A, I don't think I can do yoga meditation. I don't think I'd be very good for your study, but I'll help you out, I'll come in. So I went to talk to her about that study and she said, you know what? You're stage three because it was in my lymph nodes. And so she said, I have another study I think you should be in called the Comp Life Study with Dr. Cohen. And so in that study, though, it's, it was a randomized pick. So you either got in the control group or you got into the study group. And luckily, I got into the study group. And so all through radiation, I got private lessons. And so what they're trying to study is can people change their lifestyle? Can they keep their stage three from turning to stage four mm. if they focus on lifestyle? So the lifestyle was uh, nutrition. Uh, eating more plant-based. It was mostly a Mediterranean type diet, uh, exercise, uh, environmental chemicals, and mind body. So meditation, yoga. So those were the four pillars. So all through radiation, I got private lessons in all of those for six weeks. How amazing. So when you say private, you mean just you and the practitioner, no other people in the group. No other participants. 
And it just so happened because when I got picked, there was no one else going through it right then. So yeah, just me and the practitioner teaching me everything I needed to know. So very individualized. So super fortunate and lucky and gave me a trainer for a year at my house. So I did a water, water aerobics trainer. And she's the one I, I had lymphedema because of my uh, 24 lymph nodes removed in my left arm. And the lady I found to do my water aerobics training through the comp life study worked with a physical therapist that specialized in lymphedema therapy, which is very specialized because her mother had breast cancer and had lymphedema. I mean, just the stars aligned. For that me. is for sure. <laughs> that is so amazing. But that has changed my life forever. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, did you feel like you got your energy back quicker from chemo and all that kind of stuff because you did this? Because I know it takes people a long time to feel back to themselves. I know. Who knows? Because I didn't have it the other way. Yeah. You know, do I feel better now? A hundred percent, you know, so I'm sure it, it had to just because of what I know now. Because I'm, I feel like I'm well-educated. I have a PhD in education. I was a college professor. I'm retired now, but a college professor. So I'm, I'm a questioner. I love to learn. I've been overweight my whole life. And so I thought I knew, right? But in this study, I knew 5% of what I was taught. I knew nothing. Because I thought when I'm on a diet... I'm like, okay, it's, it's calories. You know, I did, I did all the ones everyone's done. Weight Watcher, probably cabbage, probably, you know, I've done uh, challenges online. I've done all these things. And I was like, it's just, it's just calories. It's, I can have a small hamburger instead of a large hamburger, you know, because I stayed within my points or I stayed within my calories and uh, I remember going to a Whole Foods after I started doing, I'm a plant-based eater now, and I'll talk a little bit about that. But I went to a workshop with Rip Esselson, who's a, a big name, Engine 2 Diet in the plant-based world. And and he was going around the room asking people. And I said, well, yeah, I never do anything. I, I thought, you know, a small hamburger. He goes, Nellaby, really? You thought a hamburger was healthy, white bread, a piece of meat? And I was like, I did. <laughs> I really did. I thought because it's smaller, right? And so many people do feel that way. People don't know. I had no idea the power of food. And so what I have been doing is, so my 92-year-old mother lived with me at the time uh, and my husband. And so they, I told him, I asked Dr. Cohen for a video or some more information on soy. Because uh, I've always heard with breast cancer, oh, don't eat soy, don't eat soy, because it's estrogen, it's got estrogen in it, right? And so he sent me a video from Dr. Michael Greger of nutritionfacts.org about soy and breast cancer. And it said, no, that's all old, that's not true. It is estrogen, but what it does, it attaches to your receptors on your cells, and it doesn't let the cancer estrogen attach. So it's good for breast cancer. And so that led me, all, he's a plant-based, he advocates plant-based diet. So from that time on, which was a month after I finished my study, I've been a plant-based eater the whole time. So I'm 100% plant-based. 
So my husband's like, you know, I'll go plant-based with you, but when you cook at home, but if we go out, I'll get what I want. And my mother at 92, she said, well, if you're going to be plant-based to be healthy and not die, she goes, I don't want to die either. So I'm going plant-based too. <laughs> Amazing. At <laughs> so, 92. At 92. Came off blood pressure medicine. I mean, crazy. She lived to be 98, almost 98. So yeah. Amazing. Incredible. Yeah. And so my husband and I went on a cruise. Actually, Dr. Gerker was speaking on a world's first vegan cruise in September of that 2017. And so he met Mark, a guy from Holland. And he said, Frank, you're already 80% plant-based. Just go all the way. So ever since that day, my husband's been 100% plant-based. And he had, he didn't have cancer, but he had a varices where you have high blood pressure inside of you in your, not your esophagus, but maybe like down your middle. And uh, he, so you can, you can internally bleed. And so he went plant-based six months later they did another endoscopy to check his varices veins and they were gone. Six, six weeks on a plant-based diet. Incredible. Yeah. So we're all believers here. So exactly. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, diet is powerful and we just don't hear it enough in the medical world. I think it's getting a little better, but not as quick as it should be. Not as quick as it should be because, you know, you want people to be proud of you and go, oh, my gosh, you're doing what a lot of people don't do is change. But my oncologist, my radio, everybody's like, now, don't get too, don't, you know, have a little fun, you know, don't get so obsessed. And I was, you try to explain, it's not an obsession about cancer. It's obsession about health and feeling good. Mm -hmm. Right? It's totally different things. They think you're going, oh my gosh, I can't eat that. I might get cancer. Oh my gosh. That's not what it is. It's like, wow, you know what? I miss whatever it is. Let me see how I can make that. It's a challenge. It's like, oh my gosh, that tastes good. And I feel good. And I can go clothes shopping. You know, I just thought being overweight, I was like, okay, being overweight is just not fun because I can't buy clothes and look good in them. When you look in the mirror, you're like, no, that doesn't look like I think it should, <laughs> you know? So you don't shop, but you know, it's like, uh, no, uh, being overweight has a lot of ramifications. And I had no idea. I really didn't that I have estrogen driven cancer and I did not know that fat becomes an organ and it produces estrogen. And so I was just feeding my cancer by being overweight. And the only vegetables I really ate were canned green beans and canned corn. And a can that has a BPA lining has as much, much estrogen in it as a one birth control pill. So then the can vegetables are feeding my cancer. And then if you don't have enough fruits and vegetables or fiber, to pull the estrogen out of your body to get rid of it, then it's just building up and circling inside your body all the time. Mm. So glad you're mentioning this. Just knowledge. I mean, we don't know what we don't know. Like I had no idea all that I didn't know, all that I was doing to myself. You know, I had no clue whatsoever. I'm like, I mean, how do you know that? I mean, thank goodness people like you are doing podcasts to educate us because it's like, where was I supposed to learn that? Where do you get that at? 
you know? You're absolutely right. And so many people have that diet mentality because that's all we're taught, especially as young girls. Like, you know, look good. You want to be fit. You want to be thin. And so eat less, just eat less. It wasn't eat healthy. And I thought I was eating healthy. We don't define that word. What does eat healthy mean? Is it less? Is it different food? No one says that, right? Exactly. They don't tell us. And so it's like, how are we supposed to know that? You know, I like I said, I've been overweight my whole life. So it wasn't like I wasn't studying and reading. I was, you know, and so then I would lose it by de- deprivation or eating less. And then, right, you gain it right back, you know. But I've been on a plant-based diet for six years now. I've lost 60 pounds. And we, I've learned to love to cook. I love it. I love it. And we're not going to eat bad food. We don't just eat salads. We eat a salad as a side. We eat great food. And my husband of the day, he's eating and he's like, you know what? This food is so much tastier than anything we ever ate before. Because before, right, it all tasted like fried grease. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the chicken fried steak, fried chicken. I mean, that's hamburgers. That's what we ate. You know, yes. And from the South, that's what, you know, that's a big staple. That's what we eat. Right. And so it's like, but people go, oh, I could never do like you. And I'm like, you don't understand how tasty it is, how healthy it is, how, how much we can eat. The tumor is only a symptom of cancer, not the cause. Hello, I'm Dr. Michael Carlfeld. I'm the owner of the Carlfeld Center in Meridian, Idaho. We specialize in cutting-edge integrative oncology care, addressing the cause and not just the symptom of cancer. There are 11 factors you need to address when diagnosed with cancer. To learn more of what they are, get my free ebook when you visit thecarlfeldcenter.com. Along with the ebook, I will email you a free webinar series where world-renowned specialists will tell you what you need to do to address these 11 factors. You'll hear from experts like Jane McLellan, Dr. Paul Anderson, Dr. Neil McKinney, Dr. William Lee, Dr. Nasha Winters, and Dr. Isaac Elias. Don't miss out on this life-saving information. I also offer a free 15-minute cancer consult where we can go over where you are at in your cancer journey and how the cutting-edge therapies we offer can benefit you. Give the Carful Center call at 208-338-8902 or visit our website at thecarfulcenter.com. So I'd love to hear how you get your protein because people say that all the time. How can I get more protein if I'm plant-based? It just seems so hard. And they're so worried about protein, protein, protein. They are worried about protein, protein, protein. And what I've learned, I'll tell you what changed my mind is Dr. Colin Campbell of the China study, right? He did that big China study, the emperor or whatever he was got cancer and they wanted to know what regions got cancer and why, was it what they ate, et cetera. Well, he took protein and it was rats, but animal protein, and he would give it to the cans- uh, the rats and it would grow their cancer. He'd take it away and it'd go back down. He did that five times. That's protein, right? And so people are worried about protein, but it's also like, okay, wait a minute. How did the cows get their protein? They ate the grass, right? 
So you're eating a cow to get the grass that they ate because they ate it. But why don't you just go to the grass to start with? <laughs> you know, take the middleman out, right? And I've learned that um, Westerners or the standard American diet, you get way too much protein and protein helps grow disease. And so on a plant-based diet, you get clean protein, not third-party protein after something had to eat something to get it. You get it straight away and we don't need as much. Instead, what I've learned, people should be worried about fiber, not protein. Are you getting enough fiber on a standard American diet? You know, not, it's really not about protein, but if you're a standard American diet eater, you're worried about protein, but you really should be worried about fiber. And on a plant-based diet, we get it all because the beans have as much protein as a piece of steak. You can look at a USDA uh, has a uh, graphic, the USDA, um, so not it's not a plant-based person doing it. It's got a piece of steak and a thing of beans, and it gives you, they're almost identical in protein and everything except for saturated fat, and the meat has a ton more of saturated fat than the beans do. I eat tofu because I like it, and I want it for my breast cancer. Um, plants have, like greens and different things have protein in it, so you get enough protein every day without, really without trying. If you eat up, I don't eat vegan. I try, well, not a hundred percent. I try. <laughs> That's okay. Right. Right. Not to eat the chips and the processed food and all those things. But if you eat a plant-based diet where you, it is the plant, you know, and you can make a lot of great things out of it. Like today I made a jalapeno popper soup. So it's got, um, you make the cheese sauce, which is delicious, out of cashews, which I never knew there were so many things you could do with a cashew before. <laughs> never even had a cashew probably before, unless they were in the mixed nuts pack. <laughs> nutritional yeast. So I made jalapeno popper soup with cashews, nutritional yeast, a little tamari sauce, onion powder, makes a great cream cheese sauce. And then you do bell pepper, onions, and jalapenos, and garlic. And uh, in a uh, food processor to make it kind of like a pico, right? And then you saute it, put in cauliflower corn, and I added white beans so I could get more protein. And it is the best jalapeno popper soup you've ever had. And even my standard American diet friends like it. So sounds great. Doesn't it sound like a Southern comfort food? It sure does. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Uh, I love that. And You know, I'm glad you brought up soy also because you're right. That is such a fear that people have that have hormone receptive positive cancers. Um, You know, I do tell people to have the whole form because there there are so many other forms of soy that's very processed. So I'm sure you can agree just to avoid those kind of soy, like soy isolate protein that might be in protein powders or or vegan burgers or that kind of thing, veggie burgers. No, totally agree. Yes. You want to try to stay the whole plant as much as you can. Like a tofu is processed a little bit, but it's not like the isolate different things you're talking about. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And so you mentioned that you started volunteering for Comp Life, right? I actually not Comp Life, but I, so I graduated from Comp Life and I volunteer for an organization is Plant-Based Life Foundation. Dr. Ozan, uh, Roseanne Oliveira, 
She started at University of California, Davis. She started the first integrative medicine program there. And she ran that for about 11 years. And every year she would do a 21-day plant-based challenge. And she had people from all over the world doing this plant-based challenge. And uh, she actually started. And so now she's not at Davis anymore. Instead, she started a nonprofit foundation, Plant-Based Life. She does classes on four phases of life. So you can't really change until you change your habits, right? And your emotions drive your habits. So we take a class and subclasses on habits and emotion. Like I discovered my emotional why and different things that help subconsciously drive your choices that you're not even really aware of. It may have been something that happened to you a long time ago. Not that you obsess with it. Like mine, I never even thought something happened in high school. I never even thought about it. But we did an exercise to find it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it drives almost every choice in my life. Amazing. I know without me even knowing it. Right. And so once you once you recognize it, then you start listening to yourself talk. Right. And yourself talk. Then what you tell yourself, you wouldn't talk to anyone else like that. You know, oh, you're weak. How dumb are you? I can't believe you didn't know that. You know, oh, just go ahead and have it. You know, you're going to anyway. I mean, listen to your head. (laughs) So true. We're so hard on ourselves. We're so hard on ourselves. And until we get understand all that better, you're not we're not going to change our habits and make them stick. So uh, she teaches us that, and then she teaches us plant-based nutrition and the science behind it, not just um, eat plant-based, but the science behind it. And then um, mindfulness, meditation, yoga, exercise, and then the phases of life. You know, like I'm in my 62, so I'm in a different phase than somebody in their 30s and 40s. And how do you apply this all in your phase of life? So I volunteer for for her work because it's a hundred percent nonprofit. So she doesn't take a salary, she doesn't do anything, and I know she's changed my life and she changes a lot of people. And it's not just cancer survivors; it's anyone that wants to be healthy. And what I want to say to people is, you know what? Get healthy before you get sick. Oh, true. Before you get sick to get healthy. You know what I mean? Like I had to get sick. I had to get sick before I realized how, or I learned for, I, you know, I, because I didn't know what I didn't know. You're absolutely right. Same with me. I mean, that's what just hit me over the head and said, I got to make changes. I got to make changes. And it's not obsessive negative. It's obsessive positive, right? Exactly. I love that. Obsessive positive. <laughs> Look what all you do in this. You're educating others, but you're educating yourself every time you do one too. Oh, completely. You know, so it's all a positive thing. Yeah. And I've had no trouble keeping my weight off now for, for uh, you know, I lost it slowly. So I didn't lose it. Bam. But I, we eat, I eat a lot. And, you know, I've been, I've been focused on nutrition for six years. So now I kind of think I got that down. But although I joined a program this year called Zoe in Greek, that means life. And they're actually out of England and the United States. But uh, it's a personalized nutrition program. So you do tests. You test your blood sugar. They send you a test kit of muffins they made that have some muffins have fat in them. Some have sugar in them. You eat them. And then they tell you how to test your uh, your blood 
your blood sugar, they give you a glucose monitor and your microbiome or your gut microbes. And then they score food for you based on uh, your test results. So it's personalized test score saying, okay, well, your blood sugar is not, doesn't clear or your blood fat doesn't clear like other people your age, they compare you. They're using artificial intelligence to compare you to other people with your results. And so I've tweaked what I think is healthy for my body. Like I'm a salty chip person. So I was getting Mia Rancho tortillas uncooked, baking them in the oven, no salt, no oil, no nothing, and having them with salsa. Well, I scored, I scored that. And it's it's zero to hundred. And you want to get your food scores when you combine them to 75 or higher. And when I eat tortillas and salsa, it's 30s. And I've been having hot flashes for 10 years, and I thought they were hot flashes. I'm like, surely I can't be going through menopause still 10 years later. (laughs) Well, I discovered with my glucose monitor that when I spiked my glucose, which those chips and salsa were doing because the blood, for me, my blood sugar went straight up through the roof more than white bread makes it. Amazing. And then I get a hot flash, and I'm like, those hot flashes are when I spike my glucose. My insulin goes up. So now they've taught me, pair your food. So if you want chips, you need to pair it with a fat and a protein. So add some beans to it, add some guacamole to it. And then my score goes up and my blood sugar doesn't rise when I ate the chips because I'm pairing it with the food. So I've learned more like that. So now, since I have that, I think now the next, my next phase of learning is going to be within myself. So I want to be a better person. I want to be better to others around me. I want to understand my own behaviors. So, and I think you referred to it on a podcast the other day. I'm reading Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty, right? Love him. Yes, go down that road. And the first thing I learned is what you value is what you spend your money and your time on. Okay. So I stopped and think, wait a minute, what am I doing? I'm in front of trash TV, you know, (laughs) obviously that's what I value, you know? So I'm like, okay, I think we need to turn this around. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I'm doing that too, but I feel like it's like an escape, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, true. No, but I mean, I was doing it like, I know my husband, we did love languages and he's like, he likes quality time. And so a lot of times he'll go, oh, come out in the garage with me. And I'm like, watch my show, go out in the garage with him, right? (laughs) Pick my show. So I'm like, okay, I do value my relationship with my husband. We've been married like 36 years. I was like, okay, I'm not going to turn the TV on. I'm going to go outside and we can talk while we're doing things. We're getting ready for a camping trip. You know, and it was a lot more rewarding and meaningful. I'm sure. So I'm trying to look at more things like that now too and go, okay, not being so judgmental of others, being more compassionate, more having more of a purpose. So I'm right there with you. Something we can learn, Haley, isn't there? It's so true. It's so true. And that's what you did. You took this journey to just learn more about yourself and what makes you thrive. And I commend you for that. So I wanted to know, do you get tested now still? How are you doing? All that kind of stuff. Well, once a year, so I'm still on the cancer pill. You know, they used to give you um, 
Arimidex is what I'm on. They used to give it to you uh, five years, but now some research came out and they're saying 10. So I'm in number six, but it does mess with your bones. So I then I have to take Fosamax to keep it from hurting the bones. And I'll be honest, I did try a plant-based diet the first year. She told me to take Fosamax and I'm like, I'll do a plant-based diet. It'll be all good. No, it didn't. It dinked my bone. <laughs> yeah, sometimes <laughs> so you since, need both, right? Conventional. Sometimes and, you need both. Yeah. Right. And so I did, uh, so now I do both and it, my bones are staying stable. So that's good. So I go for a mammogram every year and, uh, he does do an ultrasound. And I mean, that's it. I mean, you just, I do, it's how you feel. If you feel something, they will scan you somewhere else, but he did do a checklist this year. And he said, you're high risk, you know, and I almost fell off the table. I'm going, I'm high risk. And he's like, yeah, you're high risk because you were stage three of recurrence. He said, so are you eating healthy? And I know what that means now, you know, more plants than not. And um, I said, yes. He goes, alcohol. I said, no, I stopped. I don't drink alcohol anymore. Exercise. Yes. Smoke. No. I mean, he went the whole list and I was like, yes, I'm doing everything I can, you know, and I feel great. So why would I not do it? Right. I don't feel like I'm giving up anything. I'm gaining so much. Oh, it's so powerful. Right. I mean, that's what it is about empowering people. And that's exactly what you're doing while you're empowering yourself. You're empowering. Yes. It's not, it's not, it's, it's obsessive positive. Yes. That's my new term. I absolutely (laughs) love that. (laughs) I'm going to say that too. I like it too. (laughs) It's okay if I steal it from you. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. We all need to be obsessively positive. (laughs) Now, You are a lifelong learner, and I was curious, what did cancer teach you about yourself? How to be my best self. It taught me all the things I didn't know. I had no idea what I didn't know until cancer. So it taught me how to live my best life. I have deeper connections with people. My aunt and uncle took me in. It's going to make me start crying. My aunt and uncle took me in in Houston while I went through treatment, and now we're close. They're elderly now, and they need my help now. And if cancer wouldn't have brought us together, I don't know that I would be there for them. You know, so it's just obsessively positive, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's just so beautiful. Even such a negative thing. It's such a it's such a horrific thing. But, it, you know, and there were awful times. But so much positive has come out of it. Yes. And I don't think people, you know, when you're in it, you can't see that at all. It's like positive. What? This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And And it might be. But. There is the other side. There is the learning and the growing and all that. Exactly. Now, before we get into random round, I'd love to hear what is your best advice for someone going through cancer? I would say partner up with someone. There's a lot of programs out there. I was looking at Christy Funk. She did uh, the breast manual. I think her book's called. She's a oncologist out of California. And I was looking, I was going to take a cooking class from her tonight. And she has a program where she pairs up people. She'll take your age, your cancer diagnosis, the stage, and she'll pair you with somebody newly diagnosed. I think that would be my advice. Just to answer questions like, um, I just went with a stranger that my aunt knew. Her her cousin called when I was over at her house and said, my uh, cousin just got diagnosed. Can you go to MD Anderson with her? 
I, we didn't know each other from Adam, picked her up at the airport, and it, it was the best thing for both of us because I knew what questions to ask the doctor. I knew what questions for her to ask. I, you know, things to do, how to get around. It was just a blessing for both of us. So I would say try to find a program, a peer, someone you can pair up with who's been there because it's terrifying. Oh, that's such good advice. And you can't think. You can't think. Right. You need that other person to think clearly and take notes for you and relay it to you later. Yes. Oh, this was so valuable. And now are you ready for a random round? I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Fill in the blank. Freedom to you is? Knowing what you didn't know. Right. I, now I have freedom to make choices based on knowledge versus being clueless. Absolutely. The last show you binged and loved. House Hunters. <laughs> when you're feeling afraid, what do you do? I talk to my husband because he's level-headed and calm, whereas I am reactive. Mm, perfect. If you could have a one-hour discussion with someone past or present, who would it be and why? Oh, my mom. She just passed away a year ago. She lived with us for 14 years and I miss her. Oh, I'm so sorry. She was always there. She's like, okay, what do I need to do? We'll get through this. Let's do it. You know? oh, and I'm sure she's still, still there. Yes, exactly. What is your favorite go-to snack? My own body fat. And let me tell you how that happens. So I don't snack anymore because I learned in the classes I'm taking through Plant-Based Life Foundation that, and don't ask me to explain the science of it, but when you eat, your body uses the food for energy to work your brain, work your organs, move your muscles, all this good stuff. When you eat again, it just goes in a cycle. So then your body uses it for energy. When you get too much food, then it stores it or it stores it away right into your fat cells or your muscle cells. So if you're not snacking all the time, so if I want to snack, I make these great peanut butter cookies that uh, I found a, a, a good recipe for. But anyway, if I just add it to the end of my meal, so if I attach my snack to the meal, so I still have my snack I wanted, then if I don't eat again until my next meal, my body gets to fat burning. So instead of just going between food and energy, food, stored fat, food, energy, food, stored fat, it goes energy, food. Oh, wait, there's not enough extra food here. Let me go and get it out of storage. And so then it burns my body fat. So I attach any snack I want now to a, a meal versus buy it in the middle of the day. Yes, that's so smart. And you're you're not depriving yourself. You're still having that little sweet or whatever you want, but you're having it with the meal. Yeah. And it, it decreases your glucose spike too, which I've learned through Zoe, because you attached it after you had your protein, your fat, then you had your sweet. So now your glucose spike is less. So it helps in lots of ways. What is one simple thing that brings you joy? My animals. What's on your nightstand? Uh, pictures of my mom and dad and some of my puppies that I've lost that I love. What's your favorite form of exercise? I do DVDs from Kathy, C-A-T-H-E. 
and she is phenomenal and I enjoy doing them. I do uh, high intensity, I do weights, I do cross training, I do low impact, high impact. I just have a yoga, I did a mobility training this morning. I just have a bunch of her DVDs I've been collecting for 20 years and I just put them in a rotation so I get a little different every day, so. Oh, fun. What's one thing you're really grateful for in your life right now? Being strong and healthy. Mm, Perfect. Uh, I can't thank you enough. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. You gave so many great resources and advice, and I know it's going to help so many people. And thank you, Dr. Lorenzo Cohn, for introducing us. I'm so grateful. Oh, thank you, Dr. Lorenzo Cohn, for changing my life forever. Uh, Awesome. Hey, Lee, thank you for spreading the word. We need to do it. People need to know what they don't know. So, so true. Thank you so much. Go be obsessively positive. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Doing so will really help this podcast get noticed and will help us to inspire more people. And remember, the sky is the limit when you take your power back when it comes to your health.